You're listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. If a little movie called The Florida Project has been off your radar, I'd like to put it there now. Premiering at the Cannes Film Festival in May, it tells the story of a precocious six-year-old girl and her misadventures in and around the Central Florida motel she and her mother call home. My guest today stars as Bobby, the kind-hearted manager of the property, and it's one of his best roles in a long and illustrious career that has brought him two Oscar nominations. But I don't want to speak for him on that. His name is Willem Dafoe, and he's right here. So let's ask him. First of all, Willem, thanks for doing the show. Sure, my pleasure. Uh, would you say this is one of your best roles? Not for me to say, but I sure, <laughs> certainly enjoyed it, and uh, it's a beautiful movie, and uh, the role surprised me. Not for you to say. If it's not for you to say, who's, it for, who's for it to say? Uh, the people that see it. Maybe that's if it's one of your best performances, but certainly when you read the role, you had to have... You know, when I read the role, I, I, I looked at the whole project, mm-hmm. and, and I guess uh, I was surprised what Bobby became in the doing of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, okay, so uh, the, sometimes sometimes you don't know until you do it mm-hmm. what a role becomes, and those are sometimes the best experiences because you're not reaching or controlling too much. You're letting things happen. And Sean's, uh, Sean Baker, uh, the director, made a situation where he he invites things to happen. He was working from a small script, but there was a degree of improvisation and also capturing things that were happening, Mm -hmm. happening in the making of it, that really connected it in in a way that you could never have just in a screenplay. Yeah. Well, then if it's not necessarily there on the page from the beginning, your trust in him is a big part of the equation, I should imagine. It is, and I, that's you know that's key. Yeah, uh, the relationship between actors and directors, uh, trust. You know, because if you don't, if you don't give over and take the leap, nothing's ever going to happen except for what you know is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're limited to what you know and what you uh, can control. And usually, the best movies come out from come from a place where. You couldn't imagine them. Yeah, sure. We'll talk about Sean in a little bit, but uh, just in terms of this role, it's it's an interesting uh, part because you're kind of the central node. I mean, you you are sort of the recognizable uh, star, the recognizable face amid these unknowns and some non-actors even. So uh, I think that must have been a unique thing for you. Um. Yes or and no, it? because I make enough. I make enough films, let's say overseas, where uh, yeah. you know you're working with actors from, you know, a country that doesn't have the same kind of distribution that uh, American films have. So I may be the best known actor sure. in that group. So that's not unusual, but it is true that it's a situation where um, the the company is made up of. People that have been cast from the street, mm-hmm. people have been casted from Instagram. Uh, <laughs> there's some professional actors. There's some new professional actors. There's some kids, and then uh, you know, there's also me, and I've been around for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's always the same uh, on some level. That even even in an industry movie, even in a studio film, sometimes you're working with people from very different backgrounds and very different trainings. Mm-hmm. I'm always struck that it's in 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 the profession of acting, particularly for Americans, uh, there isn't a uniformity of training or a y- uniform methodology. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing at all. Right. In fact, I think mixing it up 
helps because um, then with each project, you really have to, to, to find what your process is. Mm-hmm. And you also have to find out how to fit in with everybody and right. make the world. So it doesn't become about you. It becomes about the thing that you're making. And that frees you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that uh, that environment with these other actors, this atmosphere. I mean, was it uh, trying? Was it electric? Was it? Did it take you back to your roots at all? Like how a little it, bit. Yeah. You know, it was like a family. You know, mm-hmm. and all film sets are like that a little bit. But these were people that this wasn't same old, same old. There mm-hmm. wasn't a cynical one in the lot because it was a new, exciting experience for them. And then also it was conditioned by the fact that we were shooting in a real place Mm -hmm. so as extras uh you're having people that are really living this life this life that uh, the story that we're telling is about Mm -hmm. so they helped root the story as well in a reality um and for me playing the character it was kind of wild because we're working in a functioning motel Mm -hmm. it's still functioning i mean sometimes we had to stop a scene because someone was checking into the motel. Interesting. So yeah. we didn't just take the whole building over. Yeah. <laughs> we took the whole building over. I mean, you know, for certain But in hours. terms of you didn't, like, shut it down, like people no, are, yeah. No, yeah, it was still functioning. It was still functioning. And it would be literally like, oh, we got to shoot that scene. So the real manager would have to leave <laughs> the room. I'd slide in there, and we'd play the scene. <laughs> Did you ever just try to like, hey, let me bone up on my, I mean, let me let me check these these guys out. Well, that's what I was doing. <laughs> uh, talk about that too, like preparing for the role. Did you go down there and, and hang out with guys that have managed hotels and stuff like this? That's hotels? exactly what I did. Yeah, because uh, it was the natural thing, you know. Your preparation is always different, but almost always you got to do the thing that makes you feel like you own it, you mm-hmm. know, gives you kind of the confidence and the authority to do the pretending and say, I am this guy. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you want to do is find out really who these people are in the story and find some models or, f- you know, f- find the reality of it. So I see these guys, I, I, I talk to some of these guys and you know i check out how they're dressed you know whether they got a wedding ring on whether they're wearing any jewelry you know what their sunglasses are like what their style is how do they carry themselves how they talk about themselves how they talk about them their past that all feeds into your imagination and gives you starts to make you form a picture Mm -hmm. so you take in that information and then you mix it a little bit with your some of how you're feeling and the character is sort of born out of that but I think the the real takeaway that was consistent with the people that I talked to that was interesting to me was these are pretty funky motels, mm. but these guys try really hard to make it nice, <laughs> and they're really they're really committed to their work, and it's sort of a beautiful expression of a working class guy working in a challenging situation that feels responsible, mm-hmm. uh, f- responsibility pride. for other people, a pride yeah. in what he does, and he tries to make things better. That impulse that's a very hum- human impulse to help, which often gets smothered in a lot of other things. And mm-hmm. as I say, it maybe it sounds a little too sweet, but there's no. a tough side to that too. Absolutely. It and sounds like a skeleton key, frankly, to figuring out who this guy might be. But um, it's it, 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 it was interesting for that. So really surprisingly... Uh, the script was beautiful, but I couldn't 
tell who Bobby was just from the script. And mm-hmm. Bobby was really kind of born out of these encounters and the script and improvisation and the, from dealing with the other characters. Because mm-hmm. the cool thing is he had to wear so many hats, you know? Mm-hmm. He had to be a father. He had to be a, a, a brother. He had to be a cop. He had to be a, a bill collector. He had to be a plumber. He had to be a comforter. He had to be a protector. All those things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sounds like a uh, too much. Like what kind of character could encompass all those? But without a big dramatic scene or some big transformation, the incredible thing was, he, he, you know, he really does all those things. Yeah, and that's kind of stuff he probably learned on the job too. It's not like a skill set you come to the job with. It's it's from doing the job. Yeah. And 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 the other cool thing is he's. He's not extraordinary. He's probably not a great plumber. He probably <laughs> doesn't keep books very well. And he's certainly no uh, genius at, uh, you know... Uh, Psychology. Talking, yeah, dealing exactly, with people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just as you but go. But he's big-hearted. Yeah. And I think that's, that's in the end, what, what kind of makes him interesting. Yeah. Yeah, talking about shooting on location there, I'm always curious how landscape uh, affects performance and this one in particular because first of all what time of year did you shoot it was summer so it was sweltering it was hot you know in the afternoon these clouds rolling you get these dramatic thunderstorms lightning crazy Mm -hmm. then beautiful sunsets (laughs) you know uh it was hot Uh, the physical condition shooting in the real place conditions everything it informs everything Mm -hmm. it you know how you feel how your clothes hang on you Mm -hmm. your moods it's a big deal. Yeah, probably how you walk. Exactly. You know, the sweat's exactly. getting to you. And just the look of the film is so beautiful, too, capturing this kind of central Florida pastel uh, thing. And this is where I want to talk about Sean, because if everybody hasn't seen Sean's other film, uh, previous film, Tangerine, they should. Shot on an iPhone, looks beautiful. Mm. This film looks beautiful. Uh, very brilliant filmmaker. And uh, just talk to me about working with him and, and how, it, particularly anything you might have observed with him working with the children, because that's a difficult task as a director. So. He, he uh, okay, first about the children, uh, he rehearsed quite a bit with them. And he also, he's a very kind person and has a very gentle, um, sweet mannered person and I think he really made these kids feel comfortable he also his partner uh, Samantha Kwan is an actress and she also worked with them more or less as an acting coach but when I say acting coach just teaching them how to be feel free to pretend and and he would structure things so uh, they felt comfortable Uh, they weren't this wasn't an actor's boot camp. It was really about having them learning how they could play with these characters. And he was very good at that. Uh, anytime anyone got tight, he would find a way. Uh, it's, it wasn't just a question of cutting around them or tricking them. He would adjust things in such a way that um, they, would, they would feel free and they, and they wouldn't be self-conscious. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't think of themselves as actors, you know. Uh, he he gave them fun things to do. A uh, little girl, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, she's is, amazing. Yeah, she's amazing, and and she she is a, a at six years old. She said she started doing her first work at two. I mean, <laughs> I, I think she did her first work the second she came out of her womb, uh, mother's womb. Uh, She's she's a stone cold performer, you know. Yeah, she's, right. And she's a firecracker. She's smart, and she's 
she's interesting and has a good imagination. So she was very important, and uh, Sean was very lucky to find her. He found her through fairly traditional, you know, through a local, really talent agent because she had like representation and at six years old, you know, <laughs> she's embarking on a career. She's got it. She does. Uh, and Bria, who plays her mother, was that's that's one of the Instagram castings, right? She's it was cast from Instagram, and I thought she was fantastic the first yeah. time I saw her. I had no interaction with her until I played a scene with her, and I remember just accepting her as the character. I, I did have a little question: Where did they find this woman? Mm-hmm. I thought she's not an actress. But she's not not an actress either because mm-hmm. she was performing very well. She she inhabited uh, this role. Her life isn't that life. She's all tatted out and all that, you know. But she's not from that world, but she had some deep understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought she was really exceptional. I guess it's that authenticity that you strive for as an actor. And then you just yeah. have it in spades from the yeah, they, you know like that. the uh, the outside world. It, it becomes specific. The outside world, the outside references, uh, the pointing outside of the movie goes away because you're just watching what's going on. Yeah, and and it's substantial because it feels uh, whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that comes when you know you you get rid of a certain kind of careerism, a certain kind of egotism, a certain kind of consciousness of this being your life or having it be about you. If you can find your ways to trick yourself into submitting to a story and and you know agreeing to leave your life and enter another one, and it does take some tricks because we're not we're not trained to do that. Right. We're trained to by all you know, by all counts, you know, shore up who we are. Right. But if you can find ways to do that, a beautiful thing happens, and that's when you start making something. And I think Sean got the right people together. He cast beautifully, and he had a very um, he had a very sensitive but also tough and scrappy crew that was able to uh, you know work with any funky bumps that we had because people weren't slick. Yeah, that's certainly key on a movie yeah. like this. Uh, and Alex Zabe, the uh, DP, I mean, mm. he's fantastic. I yeah. mean, it, if you know uh, the two uh, Regattas films he mm-hmm. made, uh, uh, beautiful. And he's also shot some really cool uh, music videos. He kind of yeah. does both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, this is a beautiful movie. I mean, just the sun-kissed nature of it all and just... Uh did he was he the DP on Tangerine as well? Do you remember? No, no. Okay, no. But he, uh, I, I name dropped uh, the Carlos Regattas films because they're extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, Silent Light and also uh, Tenebreus, uh, post Tenebreus Lux. Are you a cinephile, Willem? A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. I've always wondered that about you, actually. I mean, I like movies a lot, um, but you know, when I get busy, sometimes I don't have enough time to see what I want to see. Yeah. But when I have time, like. I I I watch. What about you know, TV? Do you have time no, for TV? No, I don't. I prefer right. I prefer films, and when I have time, I'd rather read a book, listen to music, or um, or watch movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I just haven't gotten into TV, and occasionally someone will say, "Oh, check this out." And I'll watch it, and I'll say, "Okay, I get what's attractive," and I I could do that, but it's just a choice. I sure. you know it's like. 
vanilla and chocolate. I'm with you. And they are different. <laughs> they are different. Absolutely. I also want to mention uh, you're appearing in Murder on the Orient Express this year as well. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to mention that because uh, that arrives in November, and it's fascinating to me because here in Florida Project, you're surrounded by unknowns and non-actors. <laughs> funny. Murder, you're surrounded no by some of the biggest stars in the world. <laughs> not I forgot about that. It's really true. <laughs> you got Johnny Depp and Judy Dench and Michelle Pfeiffer, just this who's who. Uh, it looks. Uh, I haven't seen the film yet. I'm looking forward to it. It looks very stylized. Kenneth Branagh directed it. What was that experience like? Uh, really good. Um, uh, you know, it's funny though when I think about it. But the problems are kind of the same yeah. <laughs> because they may be movie stars, but they come from very different places in a funny way. You know, there's no uniformity to yeah. experience, which is the good news. Um, it was great, an incredible cast. Kenneth Branagh. I have so much respect for him, particularly after working with him. He's incredible, an incredible, uh, 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 smart. Uh, he takes care of his people. He know, uh, obviously, he's an actor. He knows how to um, help actors with what they need to do. And then this incredible thing of the way the film is structured, you know, you have all these people around all the time, kind of as, as the, the world, mm -hmm. And sometimes maybe not that much to do, not big scenes to play. And then right. occasionally they have their interrogation scene or a few other things happen. But you're hanging around a lot. And you're <laughs> hanging around with Derek Jacoby and, and uh, Judy Dench and Johnny. And, you know, it's and people are really cool about that. Yeah. And I think a lot had to do with their respect for uh, Ken and mm -hmm. his how he treats people. And also a lot of them had worked with Ken. I, and also uh, a lot with theater people. Yeah. And the truth is theater people get used to, you know, uh, they get a little more used to being there supporting other actors mm -hmm. and, and then when it's time for them to step up and, uh, you know, go forward and do their aria, they do it and then they go back into the <laughs> chorus, you know. Uh, so we're trained for that a little bit more. Yeah. But it was, it was really good to see actors work like that in a kind of... Um, beautiful teamwork well the material kind of dictates it, it dictates it too right it does it does but you know some people would just say okay you know i'm gonna go to my trailer the, <laughs> yeah do this you can get this later but yeah. you know you could you could cut up in pieces but it was fun yeah. it was fun cool looking forward to that and also wanted to touch on aquaman not yep. deeply but just sure. i'm sort of fascinated by this because in terms of the uh like the modern comic book movie landscape you were there at the beginning with Spider-Man 15 mm -hmm. years ago. Can you believe that? I can't. Way? That's a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. And uh, now here you are in the DC machine. And so you've seen, uh, I assume, uh, maybe a, a uh, evolution to wherever it might be now. And I'm just curious how those two experiences compare and contrast. Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure I'm quite able to really express, you know, really much about it right now. You know... Spider-Man was at the beginning. Uh, uh, they're very different because to talk about the two specific movies, they both have big challenges technically. Spider-Man, there were a lot of mechanical effects. You know, there were a lot of uh, CGI, of course, but we were doing a lot of mechanical things, a lot of on wires and things mm -hmm. like that. Also in Aquaman, because it's an underwater world, there's lots of challenges. How do you create that underwater world? And to create that underwater world, it's going to be such a collaboration between post stuff and stuff that we create and, and mechanically give them. So mm -hmm. we're 
you know, we don't walk on the ground. We float and we fly and we swim, you know. So that created real challenges. Um, one link, and I made it before, and, and someone picked it up and really ran with it, because I, I, I don't read these things usually, but I saw it in the press. Um, James Wan is, and, and Sam Raimi, they're both personal filmmakers, you know. They yeah. aren't. They aren't industry. Uh, you know, go to. You know, they 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 really have a strong personal stamp. Yeah. And James Wan, and they both have a, a good sense of play and a good sense of detail. And they come from the handmade world too. Really, and they come from the handmade yeah. world, and they come from the horror world. Yeah. And you know, the beautiful thing about horror movies is, you know. The, the film language is very rich, mm-hmm. you know, because you can get away with it because you're, there's a fantastical quality, but also you have the possibility to make a, a, a popular movie because it's a very accessible um, form, yeah. uh, genre. So those two are linked a little bit. Uh, the roles are slightly different. Uh, you know, in, in Aquaman, I play like Aquaman's mentor and I'm also advisor to the rival king basically mm-hmm. uh, so there's some sort of political intrigue and there's a little uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in there too you know <laughs> um, so it's, 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 it's interesting I just finished a couple of days ago they're still shooting for about another month um, uh, good cast uh, great great art direction and, and costume so we'll see we'll see did you have any idea when you did Spider-Man that these movies would become such a driving force in this industry? No idea. I mean, even, no idea. even that, I mean, the box office around that movie was a huge story at the time, but even still, it's like compared then to now and the top 20 box office grocers domestically, worldwide even, superhero movies. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's stories that, um, you know, uh, they translate to different cultures because they, they're, they, they've got broad, uh, uh, broad storylines mm-hmm. and um, they're, they're fantasy so they aren't so culturally bound as, as you know uh, a family drama or a social drama or visual. a comedy and they're visual yeah. and they're muscular uh, and that's why they, they can play because in Indonesia you know they may have a film industry but they can't make movies with those kinds of effects. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see that kind of movie, you, you know, sure. that's where where it's happening, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, Spider-Man was very particular because it was a very emotional story and it's kind of a, a teen coming of age story. So it's very different than some of these other stories. And it, it, it was very character based. And actually, even though there were action set pieces, it was very built on character. Mm-hmm. It was very hung up on uh, hung on that um, Peter Parker character right. and the relationship between his friend, the James Franco character, and his father. And yeah, it, it, I I think I don't recognize that so much in the superhero universe because now there's relationships between. They're almost like corporate relationships, <laughs> you know. Right, exactly. Uh, you're always working. I, I was looking at your uh, keeps me out of trouble. <laughs> I was looking at your credits or last gets night. Gets me into trouble. <laughs> uh, just to kind of bone up on some things, and I forget some of the things that you just kind of show up in. And it's like, oh yeah, Willem Dafoe's in this. Like mm-hmm. current, present danger. There you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, English patient. There you are. Yeah. American Psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're very prolific. 
you, I think you've become, frankly, something of a ubiquitous presence in Uh-oh. modern cinema. That doesn't That's sound a good. good. Thing. Oh, That's okay. a good thing. Okay. Uh, but I just, you know, do you love the work that much? Is that the answer I do. here? I do. And um, also, I think you know, actors need practice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, acting is acting; it's doing. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I, in a funny way, I'm very careful about what I do because. And you may think this is being, I'm being coy here, but I really mean it. I'm not the, the kind of actor that if my heart isn't into it, I can, you know, finesse it in. It in. Yeah. Not just phone it in. I don't have that kind of craft. Mm-hmm. I have strong instincts, and I do, you know, I do have things that I can do, many things I can do, but I don't have a go to thing. Mm hmm. And any time that I get near that, I, I get a little nauseous. Right. Um, I don't like doing it. I don't feel strong. I feel dishonest. And I don't feel turned on. Then it feels like work. Right. Work in the uh, uh, pejorative sense. You know? Right. Yeah, of <laughs> like course. hard work. <laughs> um, so I like to work when I, I, I'm social. I like, I like adventures. I like to travel. I like to inhabit different things. And I like to feel useful. And, and there's something beautiful about going someplace, meeting some people, getting to know them, having an objective, having to figure it out, creating something, then letting it fly, and then moving on. On to the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, whenever I get overwhelmed with questions I might have or <laughs> movies I want to talk, I end up just making a list of movies. So with okay. the time I have left here, I just wanted to hit a couple here. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, I think Last Temptation of Christ looms very large in your portfolio. And what I was left wondering is, uh, have you seen Martin Scorsese's Silence from last year? I have. I have. What did you think of that? I like it. Um, I think there's a funny thing in the story itself, and this may just be me. It's like I kept on wanting to say, guys, just step on the thing. <laughs> yeah. Let the guys go away and then go back to worshiping. Um, I think the last third of the movie is is better than the first two thirds mm-hmm. um, that's just my opinion yeah, the reason I ask is just because you know, I interviewed Thelma Schoonmaker years ago oh, who's and she, great and she was talking about how Last Temptation Kundun and Silence that they had coming up at the time were kind of a religious trilogy of yeah. sorts so uh, it was a fascinating movie to me I, I agree with much of what you said the first third is beautiful um, you know once you see where the Liam Neeson character ended up and uh you know, the end, that mm-hmm. last image is gorgeous. I joked with Rodrigo Prieto. I was like, did they have any fog machines left in Japan <laughs> when you guys were done? But it was all real, turned out. Wow. <laughs> Finding Nemo and Finding Dory, uh, huge box office. The, I, I feel yeah. like those movies, uh, especially the first one, it was the biggest Pixar movie for years. Right. And uh, never, it was my favorite one, too, for years. Uh, of just wanted to know about working with the Pixar crew, and then you went Fantastic. back to that well. And so. Fantastic. You know, when I when, first when I went to uh, do uh, Finding Nemo, um, it was a little utopia, you know, and uh, Andrew Stanton knows story so well. He really, he, he was kind of in on the ground floor on Pixar, so he, I just... These people were all turned on. They were helping each other. They understood research and development. Uh, they took their time. Uh, they were kind of their own masters. Um, uh, and to work with him was great because you would just sit. You know, you're doing a voice. 
So basically, you'd sit in a room, and it was call and response, you know. Mm -hmm. You'd lay something out, he'd suggest something. Mm -hmm. You'd try to hit it. Then (laughs) he'd come back at you, you'd come back at him. You'd come back. It was like a tennis match, Mm -hmm. you know. And he's a clever guy, and he'd always set it up in a way that could inspire you to find different readings. So it was always just about playing with the text. And uh, then they'd go back and then bring you back again and mm-hmm. refine it. There was lots of refinement and a lot of um, testing, but I mean not like testing with an audience, testing yeah. among themselves. A lot of experimentation, which is pretty wild when you think about these wildly commercial movies totally. uh, being made in a spirit of ex- experimentation, at least experimentation to find the, find the story. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, So that was fantastic. And I also worked with him on... Um, John Carter, John Carter yeah. which, of course, you know, was kind of spanked um, even before it opened. I might say it was one of those movies that uh, just because of marketing or timing or something, it didn't see, see the light of day. But I enjoyed that too. Mm-hmm. He's he's a he's great with story. He's um, he, he's got a good film culture. I, I liked working with him a lot. And Finding Dory became their highest grossing movie when it came out. So hopefully they realize by now that you're the secret ingredient. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe they'll will keep you tell bringing them, please? you back. Will you tell them, please? Uh, it's funny to go from Pixar to Body of Evidence. That's okay. But, but, uh, <laughs> but what I'm curious about with that film, which you know became infamous, but it was an interesting time in Madonna's career. So what was she like? at that time she was cool I gotta be honest I I liked her a lot I liked her work ethic she was fun I think it was tough the the reception of the movie which wasn't bad everywhere really Um, some places it played quite well Um, but here not so well in the UK not so well Uh, sort of a little ridiculed I think it had a lot to do with you know she just reached maximum Saturation. Yeah, that was about the time that a sex book was coming out. She was making a really kind of racy, good racy uh, videos, and it was like I really had the sense that people were like, "Enough, enough, enough! Put your clothes back on." Mm-hmm. Um, there was a backlash, I thought, and what what started out as a kind of courtroom drama, kind of old fashioned, really noir with with some sex, you know, in it. Uh, you know, got misread, and it was held up as you know, kind of an imitation of um, the Sharon Stone one. Oh, uh, basic instinct. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it was intended as that. Maybe I, maybe I'm fooled. Well, they were contemporary. I mean, you were probably making that one whenever Basic Instinct came out. So it's not like maybe you know you're maybe. sitting there taking notes. So yeah, go back yeah. and make your movies. So yeah. And I like the part that I basically had the woman's part and she had the man's part, <laughs> which I thought was pretty brave and kinky. But uh, <laughs> totally, I was doing the man's part, but I had the woman's part. You know what I mean? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then I wanted to close by talking about the, the two films you've been nominated for by the Academy, uh, mm-hmm. starting with Shadow of the Vampire. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about Florida being you know a big role for you in your career. This must have ranked right up there too, just to sink your teeth and so to speak into uh, a role like this. Great role, you know. It was it was fun because you had this this perfect model. I could copy the original film because <laughs> I was playing a character that existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, a clever script, a fun script, a very imaginative director, and then just from an acting point of view, I had this beautiful mask. Yeah, and 
also I always love I always work from a place of physicality and this was one where I could really dance it mm -hmm. you know I could have other than natural gestures because he was a creature really even though he was a a, a man basically I could have a lot of fun with his his how he carried himself and how he gestured those sorts of things play with the voice you had an accent you you weren't recognizable physically you had a whole language there were so many things to play with and when you have those things and you connect with them they really take you away in in a, in a good way take mm -hmm. you to a place where you're kind of open to be fluid and uh, when you're playing a scene you really hear things and when you really get impulses you can really act on them because you're not censoring anything because mm -hmm. you're in such a place of comfort and such a place of being kind of hyper sensitive it's and like aware the runner's eye yeah you're in a good actor, yeah. you're in a good you're where you're supposed to be mm -hmm. you've got nothing to do except for do <laughs> yeah and it happens so that was that was really a fun role to do and finally, Platoon, which, uh, you know, 30 years now, 31 years, uh, it's crazy. Every time I talk to a, a Vietnam vet and just happen to talk about Vietnam movies, this is the one they always say was the most realistic. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a huge splash for you early in your career. So what what was that like to have such a major success early on? Well, first of all, it was great fun to make. And I, you were working with people that were very committed. They were telling a personal story. We were shooting in the Philippines with a lot of guys that it was their first movie or one of their first movies. I hadn't made so many movies. We were a bunch of kids, you know? And then we were also kids that never served. But some of us, like the older ones, grew up with World War II movies. So there was this kind of World War II movies, but then we had the specter of Vietnam and Korea as well. So you've got all that in your head. And now you're meeting these uh, Vietnam vets who had been through it and they we were enlisted to tell their story so it was a huge responsibility but it was also a huge challenge and they helped us because they they helped root things by teaching us how to be soldiers and often people talk about preparation and it's kind of like a bragging about you know you know, I worked hard, so don't get on my ass if my, my <laughs> performance was shitty because I did the homework, you know? Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about they really taught, they really trained us. And uh, that boot camp thing has been replicated since, but I think it was very special then. It, it was a new thing. And it transformed us. And uh, it was exciting, uh, the bonding that we had and the kind of fantasy about those high stakes and, and the tragedy of that war were all um, what we were playing with. Mm -hmm. So it was exciting to shoot and then really gratifying that a little movie that took almost 10 years to make, a personal movie, a movie that was about Vietnam when Vietnam movies at that time were more Rambo-esque than Platoon-esque. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, it was great to see it uh, find an audience find some uh, a critical uh, support and then a popular support and particularly support among Vietnam vets mm -hmm. and then ultimately industry support with best picture victory and all of yeah. that so 
Uh, I could go on and on okay. with you, but uh, we better wrap it up. And okay. speaking of Platoon, you and Johnny, Johnny had a small role in that film, but back together again in yep. uh, Murder on the Orient Express. That's November 10th. The Florida Project comes out October 6th, which uh, I believe will have already happened by the time this airs. So yeah. it's well, in theaters now. It'll be a slow rollout, I think. It, um, it uh, opens. Platform. Yeah. Platform release, I think by the end of October, it'll be nationwide. Go see it. It's an amazing little film. Uh, Willem Dafoe. Thank you for coming All on the right. show. All right. A pleasure. Thanks. The man who lives in here gets arrested a lot. These are the rooms we're not supposed to go in. But let's go anyway. <laughs> Could you give us some change, please? The doctor said we have asthma and we got to eat ice cream yeah. right away. Here you go. <laughs> hey, Lee. Got a situation here. Open up. It's only the second week of the summer and there's already been a dead fish in the pool. We're trying to get it back alive. Water balloons thrown at tourists. Boobies! Boobies! I found it's a mother, Mooney. Yeah, Mom, you're a disgrace. New job? Yeah. If you're working, who's looking after Mooney? You're not my father. I don't want to be your you father. You can't treat me like this. You don't think everybody knows what's up here, Lee? Everybody. She's about to cry. I can always tell when adults are about to cry. Why is my mommy out? We're just talking. we got to figure something out. Have a nice day. Love you, mommy. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs>